Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's show was produced on the lands of the Dark and Jung people, west of Gosford, in the Olney State Forest, for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Five months ago, Bones and friends halted logging in Olney State Forest. Bones knows that if the camp packs up, the loggers will be back to cut the trees and further fragment the forest. Thus, Bones stays, having twice survived stage four cancer and now disabled. Living in the forest for the trees is where Bones wants to be. And Willie Arter is there too, singing and supporting as he always has. May the circle be unbroken by and by, oh, by and by. May the trees grow ever stronger to the sky, oh, to the sky. that song, Winnie? No, no. It was written for the Terrania Creek protest. It's a very old uh, a church song from all over, actually, but uh, it was adapted by uh, Paul Joseph for the Terrania Creek uh, protest. Yeah, so I'm here at Onley uh, Forest, here at the back of Arimba, really, near Gosford, and uh, Fragile place, fragile, in the way of uh, these paintings, cave paintings, and rock art here, and um, I just want to pay my respects to the traditional owners of this land, this beautiful, beautiful land, there's hardly anything left, you know, people ask, you know, why are you here, and the thing is, this forest, uh, uh, yeah, hardly anything is left, really, from 1788, I have seen a map at the Wilderness Society a few years ago of a map of the forest in 1788 compared to 1988. 
So um, yes, it's an honour to uh, to save what we have, and this is a uh, majority of this area is regrowth, uh, serpentine, and uh, yeah, these uh, exquisite uh, grass trees. I, I can't remember the. Um, it starts with Z. The uh, scientific name. Xanthoria. Xanthoria. There we go. Yeah. But, uh, yes, it's certainly nice to be in a forest uh, with these uh, xanthorias and uh, many variety of this, uh, the trees. And this area has been, uh, it's survived the bushfires, our recent bushfires. So it's vital that uh, these valleys, deep valleys here, uh, are preserved for the future. Yes, there is controversy, the uh, bikers you know, don't want it to become National Park because, uh, you know, they're threatened that, uh, you know, they won't be able to use the bike paths. However, it's state forest at the moment and I can't be involved with that side of the protest because uh, if we save as much as we can and, uh, you know, laws are questionable and it's up to the new generation if they're bikies or even walkers or campers or whatever you know, it is their right to uh, question the laws too because some laws have been um, made many, many years ago and not appropriate for the lifestyle of uh, Australian people now. But uh, our job, because the Aboriginal flag flies here, is to uh, do our very best to uh, preserve what we have in Australia. At least we can... um, you know, that word sorry, well, you only say sorry when you really mean it. And uh, so, you know, while the uh, apology was happening, the bulldozers were happening in the forests and the mining companies were still so, you know, it's an empty word, sorry. But anyway, we've got to move on and this is what we're dealing with at the moment and to preserve. Places like this is not only for ourselves, but for the future. We have a right to breathe. Winniata is a Māori, sublime singer and elder of forest protest camps. Winniata was at Australia's first forest blockade at Mount Nardi in northern New South Wales, and then again at the Franklin River Back Camp in 1982, and the Erinundra Plateau blockade. These historic and iconic campaigns saved some Australian forests by the creation of national parks. Coming from down south where most of the forest is really burnt by hot fire and recovering but still very burnt looking, it's been such a relief to come into an unspoiled forest and really get that lung full of of air. And I heard a lyrebird this morning. I haven't heard a lyrebird for so long. That is the lyrebird song from the forest. Yes, and this is Goanna country, and uh, yes, uh, a few come through camp, and uh, of course the bush turkey, and uh, koalas are in this forest too. Do we have to speak up for the animals in the trees? Yeah, we must. Yes, and the environment minister, the federal uh, minister, really should get here. And uh, there's no excuse that she can't get to this uh, protest and understand why. Because uh, the unique species that are here are just extraordinary. And you just feel good when you're here. 
So, um, you know, come and visit. And yes, and there's a uh, website, of course. And uh, yeah, get involved. Even just come out for a picnic. Uh, there's a creek down there, so you can have a swim. I know winter's approaching, but never mind. There's, uh, it's clean water. Sort of tannin, a little bit of tannin in it. But uh, no, it's good. Yes, only forest. And my uh, love goes out to the people out at uh, the Adani blockade and uh, to Erinunja down in East Gippsland. Good on you. Good on you. You've got to save it. Very special. And I'll try and get down there and explain. My elder who told me to try and save Erinunja Plateau, and that was in, in, in the 80s, early 80s. And, of course, uh, to the uh, warriors down in the Tarkine, I wish you the very, very best, and just keep going, and don't do it for yourself. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for, you know, for the justice of uh, Aboriginal people. Camp Olney has stopped the logging in the Olney State Forest. The camp lounge room blocks a road on a ridgetop lined with large trees where logging had started. A tall vertical pole stands ready to be climbed at a moment's notice should anyone try to get through the roadblock. The pole is rigged by ropes to many trees so that any disruption would risk the safety of the person who climbs the pole. Today on Earth Matters, we tune into the thoughts of Bones and Winniata, who care for the camp as they live in the forest, listening to lyrebirds, nesting black cockatoos and gliders. The thing about our kitchen, it's very, very special because um, the bikers come through the kitchen. All these bikers, you know, the trail bike riders, yeah, they're all in their fancy uh, suits and have, you know, pretty swish sort of uh, outfits on, but they stop at the kitchen and say, can we ride our bikes through? So there is a, there is a, a enough room for one bike to get through, but sometimes, you know, there's about uh, eight, yeah, or more. Yeah, but uh, they're on side. They're very polite. Yes, they are really supportive in their own way, and uh, they, yes, they just enjoy this forest their way. Winniata at Camp Olney in the State Forest near Gosford, New South Wales. The Northeast Forest Alliance is calling for an immediate 10% reduction in wood supply commitments to the North Coast sawmillers from public forests because of the widespread death of trees due to the black summer bushfires and a freeze on any new commitments until sufficient plots are sampled to accurately quantify remaining timber volumes. Northeast Forest Alliance spokesperson Dylan Pugh said, The last two times the New South Wales government gave sawmill owners guarantees for specific timber volumes, in 1998 and 2003, they were found to be gross overestimates, and it cost New South Wales taxpayers over 12 million to buy back non-existent timber we gave to sawmillers for free. Chris Gambian, CEO of the Nature Conservation Council of New South Wales, has said that the New South Wales government must resume control of the state's public forests and manage them for all of us, not just the big resources companies. It's time to end this failed experiment, he said. Our public forests are in serious decline 
because of decades of unsustainable logging and the black summer bushfires, were a massive hit, and they must be given time to recover. Logging at the rates Forestry Corporation wants to set will convert our public forests from stands of big old trees to thickets of saplings destined for the chip mill, and there's nothing sustainable about that, Mr Gambian said. The Nature Conservation Council has renewed calls for an end to native forest logging in state forests, following revelations that up to 30% of the quality timber in some regions was destroyed by the black summer bushfires. Now Bones tells of two trees that were saved when loggers were blocked from logging. The loggers... um. When they wanted to come to work, they were like, oh, are you going to let us cut down those trees? And we were like, no. Nah. So they went home and then we went in to see what they were talking about. We found these two trees that have been, you know, the bottom of the tree has been sort of stripped of its bark, not in a way that kills the tree, but just enough to get the dirt away so that when they chainsaw, I think, the chainsaw stays clean. But, yeah, so there's two trees next to each other and I'm just like, oh, yeah, we saved them that day for sure. All the big trees, they've just taken the the bigger trees. You know, so if you just look at this area here, they've left behind the vines and the, you know, it looks quite messy now because it's missing the the grandfathers and grandmothers. They've just stumps left behind these. And they're they're quite fresh, so they're red and they're seeping a bit of sap and it's quite dramatic, really. And this is on the ridgeline. The whole place has a very special feel because it's the only part of the country you can really walk along. It's definitely the trail way from A to B. It's steep either side. It's difficult to traverse. And it, it just does feel like a desecration to cut down trees on a ridge top. They're not leaving behind a working forest. They just completely destroy the bits that they destroy. But because they say they're not, you know, they're not clear felling it, they're not taking all of it that they're doing a better job, but they're not really doing a better job at protecting the forest because, you know, there's so many other approaches. They can, you know, go in and take the edges and damaged parts, but what they do is they go right to the middle of pristine forest and they they damage just little bits of it. But that little bit of damage causes so much harm because of the location of it. It's It's part of a forest and they cut it up. They put in a huge divide so that, and the animals don't recognise the divide. They're just like, what's going on? You know, we don't know that that's part of the Coopan. That's part of National Park. They just live in the forest. Mm-hmm. You can see here too, at the edges of the, of the road, there's a classic edge effect of the vines draping some of the younger trees that are coming up. The mid-storey trees are draped with vines and that's a classic edge effect from fragmentation. And just what you're saying, making more fragments creates more edge effect and I guess you can expect more draping of some of these recruitment trees, which are the ones that are supposed to be the next generation of trees coming up in the forest. You're with Earth Matters, covering environment and social justice issues, broadcasting across the stolen lands via the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Concern about the native logging in burnt and unburnt forests in Australia is peaking, with communities emerged from lockdown 
setting up blockades of logging operations in the Olney State Forest, in the Newry State Forest, both in New South Wales, at the Erinundra Plateau in East Gippsland, in the Tarkine in Tasmania, and I'm sure other places too. Today on Earth Matters, we hear from Winniata and Bones, who are holding Camp Olney, just west of Gosford, New South Wales. Holding a camp does not usually involve a rest. It's the job of making a comfortable camp that welcomes people to see and learn about the forest and its creatures for themselves. Sometimes camp holders spend months, if not years, at the camp. My name's Bones. I prefer, if you're going to pronoun me, to use Bones or they, but I'm non-binary, so I don't really like a pronoun. We are at the Olney State Forest Camp, the base camp here. We've had a lovely day looking at some sad things, the trashed forest, but most of it hasn't been trashed yet. The operation has been suspended because the protest is here. And Bones has been here right from the start. Yeah, we had pretty good timing. When we came out, it was just before Christmas, about a week before. And so we set up, they were logging already, three machines in the coop, quite a lot of damage done. We came in the night, set up, and when they came to work in the morning, we were in place. And they were very nice. We were nice and we had lovely conversations. They were like, are you going to let us take the machines out? We'll take them in for service. It's Easter break anyway. And we were like, yeah, you can take the machines out. So we filmed them doing that. That was a very satisfying moment. And they did come back thinking maybe we wouldn't be here. And we'd, you know, set up even more and were much more comfortable and quite happy living in the forest. And so... They haven't come back since. Every now and then we see forestry drive past. They don't slow down very much, but I guess they're checking. They're still here. Not gone anywhere. I got to be a farmer when I was choosing what career I wanted, and that was awesome. And since I've been fighting cancer, so that's a bit like a career. Once again, lucky because, you know, to beat stage four cancer diagnosis twice is just a very small chance. I believe it's less than 2%. Um, I kind of relate to your story as I've aged. I've started to age. My hair's going grey. I'm suddenly seeing the other end of the tunnel. I'm going to die. Hmm. When we're at that stage, how does it change your perspective or did it? Yeah, well, for me, it was a really hard road to stay alive and get stable again and be well enough to pursue anything in life, really. Cancer took everything. And it didn't, I wasn't sure I was ever going to get there. And the suffering was a long, horrible, hard road. I said yes to, you know, maximum chemo, maximum radiotherapy, and some of the worst surgeries that they do to humans. And it took a really long time to recover and it was lots of suffering. And at the end of that, I was like, what did I do all this for? And what can I do with being alive with this disabled body? And I couldn't do half of my old things. Like I used to jog with a wheelbarrow and, you know, I was a landscape gardener running my own farm and still had time to run the kids around the paddock on my back or whatever, like just abundance of energy. And now I'm definitely in chronic fatigued and couldn't hold down a full-time job so thankfully I live in a country that supports me in being 
disabled. So what am I going to do? I have to find meaning in life. I noticed that the depression was creeping in. COVID had come and we we're all isolating. I was, you know, pretty immunosuppressed. So I definitely was gardening a lot and isolating. And I was like, what am I doing? I have to, you know, cancer could come back. It could, you know, I've let them irradiate me to the maximum dose. Chemo is just a straight up poison. There's no reason why it's not going to come back. I can't, you know, ever forget really. It's hard to, you know, I can feel the tick stronger than everyone else. So I've got to find meaning and I'm already doing lots of great things. I run a not-for-profit that is community run that helps make the world a safer place for queers and marginalized people and minorities in Marrickville. And I'm in lots of volunteer organizations and, you know, we went out looking for koalas after the burn, but none of it feels like enough. And then we came out here and every day since I've been here, the depressions, that mild depression that just hangs around being like, oh God, the world, oh, the news, oh, the politicians, oh. But yeah, here from the perspective of, oh, well, today, nobody logged this 300 hectares of forest this pristine piece of forest that didn't burn, that's a wildlife corridor that has koalas in it and goannas. And, but we see the goannas every day. I see three goannas a day if I'm quiet enough. I hear the gliders at night time and, yeah, it's beautiful. So it's a pretty good thing for a disabled person to just be sitting around but yet doing something very effectively. And meanwhile, not only are we stopping logging, but we're building community here. And, you know, once you do, once you see that going out to the forest and saying, well, I'm going to stop you and point out to the rest of the world how beautiful this is. And then the rest of the world goes, wow, look at that beautiful forest. Yeah, we care too. And I'm like, okay, that seems like a good thing to do. I'm just going to keep doing that till the rest of the world starts valuing this forest because once it's gone, it's gone. And we need every bit of biodiversity and carbon sink that we have we can't we've got no more time to grow back forests and you know try and reseed rare native species we've got to get to saving them so here I am sitting in the forest and hey it's pretty easy it's quite disability support friendly I've got a community who really are passionately care about supporting people with disability and have you know made empowering situation for me so that I can be here with my you know limited capacity and energy and you know and the every week the crew come out and they're like all right what heavy lifting do you need doing or you know and they help out not that we need to do much now because we're just we're just holding the fort well we want people to come out to this forest and see how spectacular it is it is all of our forest and whether we know it or not (laughs) and it's spectacular whether we know it or not so Forest Defence New South Wales, we hope that we can draw attention to, you know, what needs attention, where they're logging, where it's pristine, and um, hope that we can get people visiting and that they fall in love with the forest and decide to take action themselves. Every single week we're like, yep, come on over. We've got citizen science going on. We've got facilitators taking us on guided walks and teaching us the science of this forest. It's beautiful. It's a great way to learn. It's way better than TAFE University. I survived cancer. I was out in the world 
doing great things and still I had that mild depression. And when mm -hmm. I got here, it went away because I'm meeting the right people, we're doing the right things, and I can see the steps forward. We're moving forward this progress. I can see it. And, it, you know, it's happening because I'm here. Like I'm not going home and forgetting about the campaign. I'm not only doing it on weekends. I just turn it into a lifestyle and it's pretty sustainable. And I'm able to sustain much of my other life as well because we've got Zoom meetings for almost everything now and, and I can take time off because people are coming out here. It's very inspiring. I mean, I can relate to the story, me too, having been disabled and had to just try and do what I could do. Hmm. I sit in the forest. It acts as a deterrent and it's something that I can do and that I really enjoy doing. I, I get so much out of it. It's not just that I'm like, oh, yeah, I know I'm saving this forest and that's good. There's daily satisfactions of like sharing meals in beautiful place, watching the sunset every night. People turn up and they go, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh, can I give you all the food out of my car? It's not much, but here's some avocados. Here's some mangoes. You know, people are like, do you have enough water? Do you need a blanket? Like, and, and they join us. They, they come and go, wow, this is fantastic. I'll be back next weekend. I'll be able to stay longer. And then they stay three days and they're like, next time I come, I'll be able to stay a whole week. I'm getting time off work. And, you know, they're changing their lives to fit, to fit spending time in the forest in. And it's not just for the reason that we're stopping logging and we're against something. It's because we're connecting to each other and you know, that's an amazing thing. It's the people who are attracted to the same things I'm passionate about. So I'm meeting community, building community. And then we're also just enjoying the forest, being one of the animals that lives in the forest. And that is rewarding in itself and worthwhile and fulfilling and not ever a waste of time. As I left camp only, eight lyrebirds ran across the road you can find Forest Defence New South Wales and Camp Olney on Facebook. You have been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to get in touch with the Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. And to listen to or to share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. Look out for more from the Earth Matters team next week. I'm Beck Horridge. Winniata sings This one's to all you at uh, down there at the Tarkine we're at the Onley Forest blockade here so this verse is for you the Tarkine Oh may the circle God.